lot to talk about on this sixth week of high school football. And we're going to do it. We'll talk to coaches. We'll give you updated scores and some more finals as they all come in. Stick with us here live at the Coventry Pizza Hut. It's the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. A couple of big games tonight that we were keeping our eye on. One of them right in front of us at Snyder Homestead. And what a win for the Homestead Spartans in overtime tonight. They get the victory over the undefeated and previously number one ranked team in Class 5A, the Snyder Panthers. Homestead 23, Snyder 20. And that is not a mistake. It's not a typo. Um, I am not dyslexic. Homestead got that win. <laughs> And if you were listening early in this one, you heard Snyder jump out. Their first two possessions went for touchdowns, and they did it very quickly and very easily against the Homestead Spartans defense. But Homestead just seemed to catch fire. They had a nice, long 80-yard drive, got a score of their own, cut the lead in half, and it seemed like at that point they regrouped, and they realized, hey, we can play with these guys. we got to get back to what we do best. They kind of shook off those initial cobwebs from the start, and they just continued to work and to grind, and eventually they found a way to get an overtime win over the Panthers. Another uh, good one tonight took place in the NE8, where the New Haven Bulldogs pulled away from Columbia City 21-7. to And you know what? We talk an awful lot about this New Haven offense and all those offensive weapons that they've got with Mylon Graham and James Hardy and a Johnny Washington and Trey Bates and Donovan Williams, a quarterback, all those great offensive skill players. But you know what? It looks like it came down to defense tonight. And so credit to New Haven and what they did defensively in uh, shutting down a high-powered Columbia City offense. You know that Columbia City offense had scored 42 or more in every one of their five games so far this year. Tonight, they're held to seven, and New Haven gets that 21-7 to win. I thought offense would rule that game, and instead it was the defense that stepped up. Both teams, it's hard to tell because, you know, they, they both could put up a lot of points, but they both also limit their opponents. But you wonder which is the result of the other. In other words, if you're constantly scoring offensively, sometimes it's easier to get defensive stops. Right? Because you make your opponent maybe one-dimensional or it becomes a one-sided game. And uh, tonight, in a close contest, both teams played well defensively. And New Haven gets the win to remain unbeaten. And they're the lone unbeaten that remains in the Northeast 8 Conference. You know, you look at the SAC, we might not have an unbeaten uh, tonight. And so... We're watching uh, and keeping up on what's happening with Bishop Lewers and Northside because that game, once it goes final, and I know it's into the, the final minutes of that one, but once that game goes final, if Lewers wins it, then Lewers is in first place in the Summit Athletic Conference. Let that sink in for a moment. A team that got crushed twice in non-conference before the SAC began is going to be the only unbeaten remaining in the SAC through four weeks of conference competition. And Bishop Lewers does not play Snyder, and they do not play Carroll. Now, they will have to face this Homestead team, but we also don't know, will this Homestead team have Michael White a quarterback? 
They still have to face Bishop Dwenger in the Battle of the Bishops, the rivalry game, which will come up next week because next week is rivalry week. And uh, once again, next week, just to clarify, we will be at Carroll for Homestead Carroll. Now, we don't, we have New Haven East Noble, but New Haven East Noble is two weeks away. So, uh, so coming up next week, we have our broadcast at Carroll for the Homestead Spartans and the Carroll Chargers. Two weeks away, we've got New Haven East Noble up in Kendallville. So just to make sure that is clear, that is what we have ahead of us. And then, of course, week number nine, we still have to be determined because we're looking at what's happening and how the conferences are unfolding to decide where we go to wrap up the regular season. But uh, I'm understanding... Has it gone final yet with Bishop Lures? No, it's still close. So we'll get a final score on Bishop Lures Northside coming up here soon. But before we do, let's go ahead and check the finals we do have and give you updates on the, all the scores. Here is the H&K Chevrolet scoreboard with Adam Lundy. All right, thank you very much, Brett. Let's start off in the Summit Athletic Conference where Bishop Dwanger got the win over Northrop tonight, 42-14. to That game that you just mentioned is still going on late in the fourth. Bishop Lures leads 30-28 to after a touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Snyder and Homestead in our 13-80 game of the week. It went to overtime, and it was Homestead getting the win over Snyder, 23-20. to Southside gets their first win of the season at Concordia tonight, winning 35-6, to and it was Carroll in a close one over Wayne, 17 to 10. In the Northeast Eight Conference, it was Leo over Belmont, 40 to nothing. New Haven, Columbia City, we knew it was going to be a good one, and New Haven got the win, 21 to 7. DeKalb over Huntington North, 49 to 13, and East Noble over Norwell, 49 to 15. In the ACAC, it was Jay County defeating Woodland, 34 to 29. Heritage got the win over Lapel this evening, 28 to 14. Adams Central continues their dominant run, defeating South Adams, 48 to nothing and it was bluffed in big over southern wells 56 to 3 in the necc fairfield defeats angola 28 to 12 lakeland over central noble 49 to 6 east side defeats prairie heights 49 to 13 terabusco gets the win over fremont 46 to 3 and west noble bested garrett 34 to 15 it's a night of a big surprise and it's the game of the week that you heard at 1380 the fan at 100.9 fm unfortunately a technical glitch in our software program and we ended up losing the broadcast shortly there in the second half but we were able to get it back plenty of time before the game went uh, through regulation and we got you the full overtime we'll have that broadcast available on our podcast tonight which will go down as an instant classic between the homestead spartans and the snyder panthers homestead 23 snyder 20 Another great one between two good programs, and you can't say enough about Homestead not hanging their heads. And, you know, like Coach Griffith pointed out at the beginning, it just seemed like almost Homestead wasn't ready to play. They just weren't focused. They just didn't have their head in it. And it took really a scoring drive and a really special scoring drive by Homestead late in the first quarter to uh, to get the Spartans turned on. And once the engine started revving, man, that race car could fly because <laughs> Homestead had a heck of a game from that point forward. And again, they never led in this contest until overtime. And the winning points, the only lead of the game for Homestead are the points that ended the game. 
on the touchdown run by uh, by Homestead's Brett Fox. So huge, huge victory for the Homestead Spartans tonight, and uh, the celebration is on right here. You know what? Here's the crazy thing: we we have more Northrop Bruins fans that have come out here to see us at Coventry. There's more Northrop fans than I think we've got Homestead fans right now. We've got a whole table of Northrop Bruins. In fact, I think we've got a cheerleader that's among the, the fans that are here for Northrop. And they played all the way out at Spooler Stadium on the other side of town, so I don't know where Homestead fans are at. We need to see these Homestead fans show up here because you got to enjoy this one, right? Absolutely. Uh, it was a big one tonight at Dave Walter Stadium. Uh, in the the game most that got most the buzz, mm-hmm. it was New Haven, Columbia City. Bulldogs get that big win. Um, you know, not a lot of surprises tonight, I don't think. No, I, I feel the same way. I will say I did think that New Haven, Columbia City might have been a little bit more uh, highly scoring, but it, it, like you said earlier, came down to the defense tonight. And uh, and Adam Central, man, oh, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, every time we think maybe they can get tested, maybe this will be a challenge, they come ready to play each and every week. They are a machine right now in Monroe. They take on a South Adams team. That's a good program. And that's a, you know, it's not a bad football team. Now, South Adams, I don't think, is quite what they've been the last two or three years, four years. But they still have a heck of a program under Grant Mosier down there in Burn. And for Adam Central to beat them 48 to nothing. And we remember last week, Adam Central shut out Heritage. Those are two good football teams to put up zeros against them and then to score uh, 86 to nothing, a combined uh, two-week victory over opponents as good as Heritage and South Adams. <laughs> Man, I mean, I, Adam Central, I mean, I'm just going to say right now, just put them in. I'm going to pick them to be in Indianapolis. I'm going to pick them to take on Indianapolis Lutheran one more time, and I hope the third time's the charm because it'll be the third straight year, if it happens, that Adam Central will have a showdown for the state championship in Class 1A against Indianapolis Lutheran, and so far they're 0-2. And so maybe this is the year. You're locking it in, huh? I'm, 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 I'm done. I, I don't think there's much doubt at this point that Adams Central in the north half of the state is as good as any 1A football team. And I'm not even sure it's close. Uh, So, you know, we're going to keep up on what the scores are, the finals. I think we'll have an update when we come back from the break on the Northside Lures game and tell you how that impacts the SAC race. We'll also talk to coaches before we wrap up here tonight. We're here until 11 o'clock. And then we turn it over to Bob Lovell with Indiana Sports Talk. That will take place from 11 to 12. So you've got a full night of Indiana high school football. From here all the way to midnight, we roll on with the Indiana Physical Therapy post-game show live at the Coventry Pizza Hut on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy post-game show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. No wonder by the time I get to, like, Saturday morning, I'm exhausted. These games take a lot out of you, Adam. I mean, it, it's a very emotional night for the broadcasters yeah. as much as it is for the players, the coaches, the fans. I mean, what a game tonight over at Dave Walter Stadium. And if you were listening, you probably realized just how engaged Griff and I were with, with 
you know, the quality of play. There were just a number of kids making big-time plays in this game. And, uh, you know, defensively, uh, Xander Swihart, who's the the nose tackle, and he's not very big. I mean, you know, he's six feet tall, maybe 200 pounds, playing nose tackle. Now, normally you think of a nose tackle, right? You think of the big, beefy dude that takes up a lot of space right yeah. there in the middle of the defense. A little right? wide. Not this guy. Just a little, you know, little guy that that jumps around. He's like the flea. Just kind of hops over into that hole, hops over into that <laughs> hole. Ends up spending most of his night in the backfield and disrupting plays for Snyder. I thought he was was a in particular uh, sensational tonight defensively for the Homestead Spartans and that's you know that's the other thing is you, you've got this guy who's undersized like that doing it against perhaps the best offensive line in the Summit Athletic Conference and so this wasn't like he was doing it you know against a smaller school in the conference or a team with a smaller offensive line he was doing it against some real quality offensive linemen and made some huge plays for the Homestead Spartans defensively um I uh, I thought that uh, Michael White was uh, fantastic. I thought that Brett Fox, unbelievable running from Fox, just to be able to, you know, quick feet, dance through the hole, kind of sidestep a guy at the level of the linebackers and then work his way into the secondary. He broke some big runs. And as we were just saying during the last commercial break, Homestead converted some big third downs in this game as well to be able to move chains on some beautiful throws by the sophomore quarterback. I thought it was uh, just outstanding the way Homestead got down early but didn't quit. They didn't put in the white the white flag. They you know, they kept playing and it was uh, it was rewarded because Homestead ends up with that 23 to 20 overtime victory and I'm sure you've got a pretty excited coach. Now the problem for Homestead, and if you have a program or a problem when you get a win like this, but I'm going to give you a problem because I'm going to be Mr. Pessimist here for a minute. I'm not going to be all optimism Friday or whatever. I'm, a, I'm going to be honest here. Okay, you get this huge win over Snyder, and what's ahead of you next week? Carroll. No Maybe slouch. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing that you've got a rivalry game waiting for you next week. But as I said, that is where we will be next week. Not East Noble. Not yet. The New Haven East Noble game is the following week, which is week eight. Week seven, rivalry week in the SAC. So you've got all those classic rivalries with North versus South, Winger versus Lures. Um, you're going to have Carroll versus Homestead. And, of course, the, the real rivalry in the SAC, Wayne and Concordia, which are just <laughs> a couple of leftovers that really don't have a rival in the SAC. Northrop Snyder next week. So Snyder will have a chance to bounce back against a Northrop team that's looking for their first victory. Speaking of looking for first victories, how about those Southside Archers? How they, about them? They not only got a victory, they did it in dominant fashion over the Concordia Cadets. Has to feel good for the program and for Andre Goodwell and all his kids there at Southside. Uh, yeah, big congratulations to them for uh, winning in style tonight for their first win of the season. wonder when the last time was Southside scored 35 points in a football game. Ooh. I'm going to give you that as a homework assignment to tell me when was the last time Southside scored 35 points offensively because it is a team that over the last couple of years has really struggled to score. Um... And so it's it's 
kind of high pressure. So we'll have you look that up. Right now, we got to talk about this game we just witnessed because what a big win for the Homestead Spartans at home against the Snyder Panthers. Chad Zolman, Homestead coach, joining us here on the show. Coach, I don't know how you feel. I'm exhausted just watching that game. What a, what a football game tonight. Congratulations on a very well-deserved win. Well, thank you. It's uh, It was a great, great high school football game. You know, two f- teams fighting hard and, and uh, making every play matter. And it was it was a really fun atmosphere. It was, it was a fun game. I mean, I thought the physicality at the line of scrimmage was going to be an important part of this one. And I wasn't sure if you could match it. And I thought you were mano a mano all night long up front, even with some undersized guys. I thought Xander Swihart was terrific in the middle of that defense, the nose tackle who maybe goes 200 pounds. But uh, he was really elusive, disrupting plays in the backfield. I, I thought defensively and at the line of scrimmage, you guys played really well. Yeah, I, you know, we emphasize that all week. And, and, and it's a cliche, but it's true. That's where games are won and lost. And you're right. I'm glad you pointed out Xander. He he is undersized. But technically, he's our best defensive lineman. He does the, does the little things right. He's strong. You know, he's good in the weight room. And, and uh, he just he battles hard and had a great night for us. When you got down 14 to nothing, uh, how did you get these guys refocused and keep them in the game? Because I'll be honest, we thought, oh, my gosh, the floodgates have opened and it's not going to stop. How did you stop the bleeding so early? Well, I think our offense kind of got things rolling. Our offensive line specifically started moving the ball, and, and uh, that got us a little bit of confidence. But you're right, we, we, we came out like we were sleepwalking. I mean, we were all shocked on our sideline. We didn't know. <laughs> Like we haven't practiced all week, so yeah, that I think the offense though really sparked us, and they went down and scored, and you know made it woke us up a little bit, and then I think from the second quarter on we played really hard. Coach, I know uh, we saw a really great effort and game out of Brett Fox, and again talk about undersized guys for a guy to be a workhorse like that and be listed at 155 pounds. But we mentioned this during the broadcast. Do guys like Brett Fox, the ultra competitor, you know, a true football player? Do they get kind of motivated by an opponent? Uriah Buchanan's gotten a lot of attention for what he's accomplished this year. And I thought, you know, maybe Brett Fox wants to, to be the top running back in this game. I know it's not personal, but sometimes that's that's a little motivator when you feel like, hey, I'm not such a slouch on my side either. Right. I, you know what? To be honest with you, I'm not sure that thought ever crosses his mind. He, he's more about helping the team win. I'll be honest. I mean... If you, if you talk to him, he just wants this team to be successful, um, and he works his tail out. He's, he's, I know he's a, he, he claims he's 160, so just so you know. But he, he's, uh, one of, <laughs> he's, he's one of our strongest kids, pound for pound, in the weight room, and it shows. He's durable. You know, He runs hard. He finishes plays, and uh, he's just a, a really good athlete for us. First play of overtime. You get it to overtime. First of all, you never led in the game. But when you get possession after uh, after playing a, a great defensive series against Snyder, and, and going back to that very first play, Snyder goes for a fade, almost like everybody in the place expects that we're going to hand it to Buchanan and just try to pound this down Homestead's throats to get the first touchdown in the overtime and kind of set the tone. And I thought, man-to-man, I don't even know who it was, but that far corner, that was a heck of a job to stay with a guy all the way to the pylon in that back corner. I I mean, just 
the discipline your guys showed defensively of not getting caught out of position because that to me was an easy play for a guy to get caught looking in the backfield absolutely you know and we did isolate him out there he's on he's one-on-one we didn't have safety help with it and uh he did a great job and i thought after that first quarter i think our eye discipline got much better and I think we played on the line of scrimmage better instead of getting up the field. Things like that that are key for us. And uh, uh, yeah, they, I thought discipline-wise, it was a big, big change in the second quarter. You've been around a long time, and we talked about this contrast coming into this game that you had a Snyder team coming off a really emotional win, and you had a Homestead team coming off a tough loss. As a coach, what's easier? at practice the following week to get the guys together after a tough loss or get the guys together after a really emotional win? That's a good question. I, I'll, I'll take the emotional win every time. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it was good. I mean, the, the kids responded to that loss last week. You're right. It was tough. You know, we had a shot to win it, and uh, we, we just made too many mistakes in that game. And I think, you know, throughout the of the three losses we've had, we've—I think we could say that the, the close games, you know, it's a play or two here or there, and we're we're a different outcome. And same thing tonight. You know, one play goes wrong, and something happens, and we're we're, we're losing tonight. So, I think the importance, uh, you know, stressing the importance of after a win or a loss of every single play and be relentless, and that's that was the message all week. You know, every play matters, and you just got to focus on your job at one play at a time, and, and the kids bought in. Final question for you as we talked to Coach Chad Zolman from Homestead. How about Evan England coming in in a tough situation? It doesn't get much tougher than a tie game against the number one team in the state, but as a sophomore, thought he showed a little bit of nervousness at first, but I thought he settled down. Yeah, I mean, you manage the game. You know, that's what we ask him to do. And I play above himself or ask him to do anything he can't do. And he came in and, uh, you know, just helped us offensively get, get what we needed to do. And, and he took a lot of reps this week. So it, we thought he was prepared mentally. He does a good job of preparation. And you never know. We always tell him you're, you know, you're one play away from being the guy. And uh, he takes it seriously and did a great job to finish off the game. Congratulations, Coach. Huge win tonight. Does it help your team? And, and we talk about coming off an emotional win, so you're going to be that team this week. Does it help having a rivalry game on the schedule next week to put this one behind you and be ready to go in the next well, one? Yeah, it does. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you're going to have a you're going to have a tough one next week. It's yeah, another it's good football be... team that waits for you. Yeah. Go ahead, for Coach. Sure. They're going to be, you know, they're a really good football team again, and we got to play really well to win. And, and uh, our kids know that, and they they look forward to this game all year. And so I think uh, it won't be hard to get them focused this week. Well, I know you probably had more fans that were tuned in or following this game than you tonight because there's a lot of people around the SAC that were pretty happy to see you win. Uh, So congratulations, Coach. (laughs) Great win. Great win tonight for for a young team to know and to learn how to win these types of games. You've had a couple of close ones that slipped away. This was a big one for your group. Congratulations. We'll see you next week. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you.
Yep, that is Coach Chad Zolman, Homestead Spartans. Great guy to have on the program. We're going to keep rolling here at the Coventry Pizza Hut up until 11 o'clock. Come on by. Spend some time with us. Get yourself a pizza, maybe some pasta. How about those Pizza Hut wings? Uh, and, then of course, they've still got the salad bar. There's someone up there right now getting uh, their salad all fixed up. Join us. We're here until 11 with the Indiana Physical Therapy Post Game Show live at the Coventry Pizza Hut on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy Post Game Show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Big night of high school football, like a chameleon that kind of changes its colors. It's the New Haven Bulldogs. Yeah, they're still purple and gold, but we've talked so much this year about all these skill players and how they're so explosive offensively, and they can, you know, they can burn you for big plays on on every snap. And then tonight, twenty-one to seven, holding a team that scored forty-two or more every week through the first five games to just seven points and the winning coach for the new haven bulldogs kyle boer is joining us here on our post game show coach congrats big win big matchup thank you yeah no they it was a great team great battle tonight what uh, what was the key because i personally i'm surprised at how well both defenses stepped up but especially what your bulldogs defense was able to do yeah i mean we our guys we had to play discipline play our roles and that's what i've talked about all week is um you know columbia city as soon as you make a mistake they're gonna attack it and turn it into big plays um and and our guys stayed in their role stayed in their assignments stayed in their gaps they did what they needed to do to cover their base schemes and played with the most discipline we played with in years so they did a great job you know it's it, the program is at a point now where it hasn't been in recent past, and that is almost with the target on their back. Big games almost every week now for the New Haven Bulldogs. Have you seen your team kind of mature in how they handle big game pressure? Uh, yeah, I mean, as a staff, we've talked several times about the Leo game a couple weeks ago and, and the game this week is, you know, there are times where in the past our kids would have would have crumbled and just said, "Hey, you know, we're we're not up for this. They're going to win. They've got more momentum or whatever's going on." And now our kids have you know kept an even keel. Said, "Hey, we're we're just as good as everybody out here. If not, you know, then we're going to come out and play and make everybody earn everything that they get." So they've done a good job of sticking with it and you know saying, "Hey, just because something doesn't go perfect." we got another play we're still playing and, and they've done a great job with that having a chance to have this one at home i know new haven supports the football team in such a big way that has to mean something to your guys to know the support they're getting from not only the student body but also the community as a whole oh yeah no it's always awesome to play home and have a good homecoming night and a great crowd this year i mean even early on before we had you know, some success. The fans were awesome. I think week one was a record date the last probably 10 years. Um, so it's just been awesome to see all the support that we've got around us. It's, you know, the guys enjoyed it. That, the extra energy you get from the fans and the stadium is, is always a blast. And, you know, we love all the support, even the people that don't get to make it and they're listening and watching. You hear all the reports that say, hey, it was a great, great to see your game or hear your game. <laughs> um you know, having Mylon Graham, and he gets a lot of the headlines, but I, you know, just in 
kind of following him, having a chance to see some of the interviews, I almost feel like part of your success is just the humility and how he has accepted a role within the team structure, even though he's such a talented player that uh, he seems to be a team-first type of guy. That has to have a huge impact on your team as a whole. Yeah, I mean, all of our guys are in that same boat, and that's that's why we're where we're at. And you know, it helps when the guy that gets the headlines is that way. But everybody is is in that on board. All all of our guys in the locker room, they you know they they do everything because the guy next to them that they play for. So they're they're on board. And you know, when they said you have somebody that special that that's on board with that, that's that's how you get to do things that we're doing right now. Did that come because of the way you were able to establish a culture that you wanted with the program, or did that happen because you got some pretty special kids that uh, you know are team first type guys? I would like to say it's both because our kids are special, but I am definitely very intentional about making sure that you know it's 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 about everybody else and about each other. Um, it's all about playing for the guy next to you. So I, you know, I think and that's why it's so good. Is it's you know, our coaching staff is on that same page, and the kids are, are willing to get there. So our, our group, both all ends of the spectrum, are moving the same direction, the same way, for the same reasons. And that's, that's why it's going the way it is. Coach, uh, final question. How do you take a team that's had this much success through the first six weeks and not get into a point where you're either complacent or you peak too early because there's still a lot of football to be played. What What is your approach to make sure that this team keeps moving forward? Uh, and this is the same question I, I get I get a lot when we talk about it. How do you prepare for the opponent this week? I said our only opponent is us. How do we beat who we were the week before? Um, so, we, you know, whoever else is out there, we'll do some wrinkles, change some things up, but... Basically, every week we got to get better than who we were the week before, and, and that you know should solve a lot of our issues. And some days that's hard. So we set the bar pretty high at times. And hey, you know, I tell the kids all the time, you set the bar up here. We got to beat it now. That's that's what you did. You're that good. You better figure it out. And if you're not that good, or you didn't live up to what you did the week before, <laughs> we got to get keep going. And so you know, it's it's tough, but they they do a great job of keeping meeting their new expectations. Well, congratulations. Big win for the Bulldogs tonight. And, uh, of course, in a couple of weeks, I know you've got the trip up to East Noble. You aren't looking that far ahead. We are because we will be there for our game of the week. So we can't wait for that one. It should be uh, a real classic and a great atmosphere up in Kendallville. But congrats on the win tonight. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. Yep, that is Kyle Boer, coach of the New Haven Bulldogs. They're 21-7 winners over Columbia City. They hand the Eagles their first loss. New Haven, unbeaten, all alone, top of the 88. And you know what? We've got a new leader in the Summit Athletic Conference. We sure do. Who'd have thunk? Not me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how about the Bishop Lures Knights Yeah, being the lone unbeaten in conference play? I mean, I, I just I, I wouldn't have expected it. Two weeks in, I wonder what the odds would have been that the last remaining unbeaten team in the Summit Athletic Conference would be the Bishop Lewis Knights. What a win going into Northside and coming from behind to defeat the Northside Legends. Final score, 30-28. to 28. Congratulations to Kyle Lindsay and the Bishop Lewis Knights. They are all alone 
in first place. Now, this is a good time to kind of explain because there's a lot of confusion about how the SAC is awarding their conference championship and how the victory bell is going to be decided. What it is, and this is what we've gotten as the most concrete uh, proof as to how this, this league is being figured out. Every game for the conference counts. Whether you're in the smaller division, which is the B division, or whether you're in the larger school division, which is the A division, every game you play in the Summit Athletic Conference counts. Schedules are going to be weighted because the teams on the B side are going to only play three of the teams that are on the bigger side. And the teams on the bigger side are going to play the majority of their schedule against the bigger schools and then play three games against teams from the other side. Bishop Lewers might pay, make a, take a little break this year. They might get a break this year because, uh, you know, we've got no Carroll and no Snyder on the Bishop Lewers schedule. I wonder how much did that cost Kyle Lindsay to get that schedule. But, uh, <laughs> but seriously, they end up, the two teams that they didn't get as far as opponents from the big side were the two teams that at this point seem to be the best from the big side. Although, like I said, this Homestead team, <laughs> scary team. We talked about it this week. I said this Homestead team is inexperienced, but they're improving. And they're coming off that tough loss last week. While Snyder had a, you know, puff out the chest kind of victory against Carroll. What would that mean when these two teams hooked up this week? And then it may have been the worst thing for Snyder to get out to a 14 to nothing lead six minutes in. Because you know what it did? It made Snyder feel fairly complacent. Like, this is going to be a catwalk. I mean, it's easy, right? <laughs> yeah. No problems here. We're taking care of business. We're on to next week. Well, not so fast, my friend. Homestead yeah. came back, got it tied, sent it into overtime. Seemed like both sides were content with overtime. Nobody seemed to be <laughs> urgent there in the late in the fourth quarter. And so we ended up with the overtime. And after Snyder got the ball first... They ended up having to kick a field goal. Homestead came back. They knew it was right there for the taking. All they had to do was find a way to get it in the end zone. And from the 10-yard line, it took them two plays, a five-yard run by Brett Fox. And the Homestead Spartans get the huge win over Snyder, giving Snyder not only their first loss of the season, but their first loss in the SAC. And that means Bishop Lewers, by way of their victory over Northside, is now 4-0 in the conference and the only unbeaten through four weeks of conference play. So congratulations. Right now, Bishop Lewers controls their own destiny. What's ahead for Bishop Lewers? they got Dwinger coming up next week. Yep. Then they've got South, and they'll finish up at Homestead to end the season. And that, you know, that could decide the entire SAC race. It definitely could. You know, we didn't look at that and think, oh, Lures Homestead, week nine, we've got to be there. <laughs> but it may be a game that we'll want to be at. That's why see. we leave the week nine open, <laughs> yeah, That's right? why we leave it open, because it's so hard to figure sometimes. But uh, we do know next week we're going to be at Carroll for the Homestead Spartans and the Carroll Chargers, big rivalry game. And then... Week 8, which will be October 6th, we're going to go up to Kendallville and get the New Haven Bulldogs and the East Noble Knights, which should be a great one in the NE8. A lot ahead still on this edition of the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show. Before we take our break, Adam, it's been a little while since we've gone through the scoreboard. So let's go ahead and get everybody caught up. Here's all your final scores from tonight's Northeast Indiana high school football action from the HNK Chevrolet scoreboard with Adam Lundy. 
All right, thank you very much, Brett. Let's start off in the Summit Athletic Conference, where in our 1380, the fan game of the week, you heard right here, it was Homestead getting the win in overtime over Snyder, 23-20. to Other SAC action, Bishop Dwanger defeats Northrop, 42-14. to Bishop Lures holds on and defeats Northside, 30-28, to to now be the lone unbeaten team in the SAC. It was Southside getting their first win of the season over Concordia, 35-6, to and Carroll survives over Wayne, 17-10. to In the Northeast 8, it was Leo blanking Belmont, 40 to nothing. New Haven gets the win over Columbia City in what we figured would be the matchup of the Northeast 8 tonight. New Haven gets the win over Columbia City, 21-7. It was DeKalb over Huntington North, 49-13, and East Noble over Norwell, 49-15. In the ACAC, Jay County defeats Woodland, 34-29. Heritage over LaPelle, 28-14. Adam Central continues their run of dominance, defeating South Adams. 48 to nothing and it was Bluffton over Southern Wells tonight 56 to 3 in the NECC, Fairfield gets the win over Angola, 28-12. Lakeland over Central Noble, 49-6. Eastside over Prairie Heights, 49-13. Cherubusco defeated Fremont, 46-3. And West Noble over Garrett, 34-15. I have a bonus score for you. It's gone final. Purdue falls to Wisconsin tonight, 38-17. Tough win uh, for the Boilermakers. And, uh, well, Dylan Sin is halfway to being perfect on the weekend because he did say he thought that Purdue and Notre Dame would fall this weekend. Wow. Both of them. And you're going for Notre Dame. I I think Notre Dame pulls out a win. That's I, I be just a... think it's one of those, you know, one of those uh, types of games at Notre Dame Stadium where uh, it's going to be everything you could hope that it, it, that it that was supposed to be. And so I look forward to a good one tomorrow night between the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And, of course, we'll have coverage right here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Let's go ahead and take a break, and we're going to come back plenty more still ahead on the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show, live from the Coventry Pizza Hut on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Had to be one of the best games we have had in some time. Tonight out at Dave Walters Stadium, the Homestead Spartans come from behind and get a victory over the Snyder Panthers. Panthers came into this game ranked number one in Class 5A, undefeated at 5-0. and And the Homestead Spartans, despite entering the contest with a 2-3 and record, get a 23-20 overtime win. Huge win. For Chad Zolman and company, and I know there's a celebration at Homestead tonight, but they'll put that away fairly quickly because they've got a tough one coming up next week when Homestead travels across town to take on the Carroll Chargers, and we will travel right out there with them. That'll be our game of the week next Friday night. It's Homestead versus Carroll. Rivalry week in the Summit Athletic Conference. You've got the Battle of the Bishops. You've got uh, the totem pole with Northside, Southside. You're going to have Northrop versus Snyder. Uh, you're going to have, of course, Concordia and Wayne. Uh, and uh, and so it'll be rivalry week in the SAC next week. And we will be at Carroll for the Homestead Spartans and the Carroll Chargers. Game of the week on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Big impressive win tonight for Adams Central. They just continue to chug along 48 to nothing over South Adams. That's a big win for the Flying Jets after beating Heritage 38 to nothing last week. Adams Central 48 to nothing this week. 
Is there a chance for Bluffton? Because you still got a couple of weeks before Bluffton and Adam Central will hook up. And uh, Bluffton gets a 56-3 win tonight over Southern Wells. Is Bluffton the second-best team? Are we convinced of that at this point, that Bluffton is the second-best team in the ACAC? Because, because Heritage gave it their shot. They lost 38 to nothing. South Adams gave it their shot against Adams Central. <laughs> they lost 48 to nothing. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Is anybody... Has anybody got a chance at Adam Central in the ACAC this year? Well, you already locked it in that you don't think so. So, <laughs> kind of don't believe so at this point. Uh, I mean, I came into the season believing that Adam Central would roll through the conference, they would roll through the season, and they were destined to make it back to Indianapolis. Nothing has changed me. I mean, I still feel that way. They're the best team in the ACAC. I think they're the best team in Class 1A in the north half of the state, and I think we're going to end up with another 1A state championship game for the third year in a row between Indianapolis Lutheran and Adams Central. Here's what's crazy, is I believe then what will happen is next year both of those teams will move to two-way. Could we see them continue this state championship rivalry? but do it in one class up coming up. I mean, eventually there's graduation, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you, you can't just keep going to state championships every year when you're a school the size of Adams Central. Can you? I don't know. Uh, I mean, they didn't get hit terribly hard by graduation this year. They lost, you know, a handful of people, but they had guys that had been rotational pieces that were able to step in. They move a, uh, a guy into the quarterback position, and, uh, and, and they've just kept it rolling. And it's, it's just a machine right now for Michael Mosier and the Adams Central Flying Jets. They are rolling. As we, uh, as you heard earlier, we talked to Kyle Boer. New Haven gets the big win in the NEA, 21 to 7 over Columbia City. And so, we've got one unbeaten in the Summit Athletic Conference. That's Bishop Lewers. No one would have thought that at this point in the season, that would be the team that's unbeaten. We've got one unbeaten in the NEA. And that's New Haven. And I don't know that we would have said New Haven, although we thought they would be better and maybe contend. But they're the only unbeaten in the conference right now. And, uh, of course, Adam Central and Bluffton in the ACAC. How about a team that gets their first win and go the other side? That's what happened tonight. 22 straight losses, but a victory tonight for the Southside Archers over the Concordia Cadets. 35-6, to and a big congratulations to Southside and their coach, Andre Goodwell. Coach, you got to feel good about this one. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, for the school and for the program, it's been a long time coming. I'm just happy that I can, I can be a part of bringing that winning feeling back to us, even just for tonight. Still got a lot of work to do. Move to Northside next week, but uh, gonna gonna take a minute to enjoy tonight. Definitely. How challenging has it been going through loss after loss? It, I mean, it's got to wear on coaches. It's got to wear on kids. How have you maintained the culture that you need to have a performance like tonight, uh, despite having the the losses piling up? I just asked my staff to 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 stick with me. And remain consistent. I've coached my kids hard, and I've, I've even coached my staff hard. And I'm, um, 
because we just have to stay consistent with them. No matter the score, no matter the outcome of these games, the kids need consistency. And when they see that we're going to be there, no matter the score, no matter which way the game goes, it, it changes their demeanor and, 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 and it changes the things that they'll do. The hard work that we've been asking for has gone unwavering all from the summer until now. We've been pushing and pushing, and the kids have just been so accepting of it. So to get this win um, is, is so humbling, but at the same time, like I said, um, even going back to the seven-on-seven seven victory we had, just to see their faces, the adulation that they have, I mean, it's priceless. Was there something different about your team tonight? Was there a special ex- execution? Was there, I mean, what was it that, that was different about tonight in getting a 35-6 to six win? Um, we knew coming into this week, uh, we, we changed a few things defensively to try to limit um, their air attack, and then that worked great for us, We and we tackled well. We, that's one thing that we've had some problems with is wrapping up and everyone getting to the ball. I think we accomplished that tonight. And offensively, we you know we had some hiccups, but we got into a rhythm. We had a very, very big game out of freshman Javon Irby. He rushed for, I think, close to 200 yards tonight. And uh, that set the tone for us. And, uh, we, you know, we were able to get a, get a good passing game out of Kendrick Alexander. And uh, Cadell Wallace was special on offense and defense again for us as well. Uh, had a solid game for us setting the tone. And uh, we took advantage of their mistakes. And uh, we limited our mistakes and penalties. And, and we didn't look back. Well, uh, congratulations. Huge win for the program. Uh, I know you want to enjoy this win. And, and it, but it's going to be one of those things where you got to get the kids ready for another big one next week. Does it kind of help having this victory fall a week before the Northside game? It's a natural rivalry. Uh, you know, and in some ways, it kind of gets the kids refocused and, and not to rest on the laurels that, hey, the mission was to end that losing streak. We've done that. I mean, you, you come back, and now you have to feel good about practice, but you also have a rival that's waiting for you next Friday. Yes, a very, very big game to be going in, you know, big week for us going into totem pole week, uh, my first totem pole game as a coach here. And um, I know from being in the school and talking to some of the kids, especially the ones who, who've been here, um, it's a special game for them. And they're, they're already wanting to compete, and they, they're waiting for their chance to compete. And I think now, like you say, with having this win under our belt, it gives us a little bit more juice and confidence going into this week of practice, starting tomorrow morning. Because like I told them, we'll enjoy it tonight. The coaches will enjoy it a little bit less than you guys will because we'll be on our film and we'll be starting to starting to prepare for Northside tonight. But we want them to enjoy it. But as of 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, it, it, it's time to get back to work. And, and like I said, we have to learn to win and we have to learn through consistency. And we'll take this win and we'll enjoy it. And then tomorrow morning, business as usual, we get back on, on the grind and get ready for Northside. Well, you got to learn to crawl before you can walk, and uh, this is the first step for you, Coach. Congratulations on getting that victory, and I think this is evidence to everybody that Southside has started the process of the rebuild and headed in the right direction. As they say, trending up at Southside. Congrats, Coach. Yes, thank you, and thank you guys for all your support. Go Archers. That is Coach Andre Goodwell of Southside. Let's go ahead and get a rundown of all our scores tonight. We're going to check the H&K Chevrolet scoreboard with Adam Lundy. All right. Thank you very much, Brett. Let's start off in the SAC. We're in our 1380 The Fan Game of the Week. You heard Homestead win in an overtime thriller over Snyder, 23-20. Bishop Dwanger bested Northrop, 42-14. It was Bishop Lures over Northside, 30-28. Lures is now the lone undefeated team in the SAC. Southside got their first win. We just heard from Andre Goodwell. They defeated Concordia by a score of 35-6. And it was Carroll in a close one over Wayne, 17-10. In the Northeast 8, Leo 
Ohio blanks Belmont 40 to nothing. New Haven gets the win over Columbia City in the NE8 matchup of the week 21 to 7. DeKalb over Huntington North tonight 49 to 13 and East Noble over Norwell 49 to 15. In the ACAC, Jake County gets the win over Woodland 34 to 29. Heritage defeats Lapel 28 to 14. Adams Central continues to look dominant, defeating South Adams 48 to nothing, and it was Bluffton over Southern Wells 56 to three. In the NECC, Fairfield gets the win over Angola 28 to 12. Lakeland beats Central Noble 49 to six. Eastside over Prairie Heights 49 to 13. Cherubusco over Fremont tonight 46 to three, and West Noble beat Garrett 34 to 15. A bonus score for you: Wisconsin beats Purdue tonight by a score of 38 to 17. Of course, tonight, what we saw at Homestead, the upset of the night as the Homestead Spartans knock off the number one team in Class 5A, 23-20 to in overtime. Spartans with the win over the Snyder Panthers. The only lead of the night for Homestead came in overtime and was the final score. This game started with Homestead on its heels, just as Coach Chad Zolman said we didn't come ready to play. He's, I don't know what happened. We were like sleepwalking yeah. out there. And Snyder just pounded it right down their throats. First of all, a big return on the opening kickoff. Then a short field, 38-yard drive, ends with a touchdown. We're two minutes into the game. It's 7 nothing. And then uh, Homestead fails on their offensive possession. They give it back to the Snyder Panthers. They take over again in Homestead territory. And again, they take it right down and score. And we're six minutes, half a quarter into the game. It's 14 to nothing, Snyder. And uh, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, what film, <laughs> what, what film material do I have tonight? Because we might need it in the fourth quarter. Well, uh, credit to Homestead. You know, they found it in the nick of time. And as Coach Chad Zolman said, it was that really good, efficient offensive drive. They converted a big third down. I think it was third and 17. They got 19 yards to move the chains, keep a drive alive that ultimately led to a touchdown that made it a one-score game. And like that, Homestead then had life. Their defense started playing better. Offensively, they were crisp. They were sharp. Uh, I, I thought, really, after that first six minutes, I thought Homestead was the better team throughout the night. Yeah, and I think that can also have an effect on a team. You go up 14 to no, uh, to nothing, and then you feel like you're rolling, but then all of a sudden your opponent is uh, right back with you and you know, takes some uh, mental overcoming. And then it got late in the game, and it was like neither team wanted to make a mistake that cost them late in that. So they both played very conservative football over the final three or four minutes, which led to us getting into an overtime. And then Snyder got ultra-aggressive. After being very conservative, they went aggressive. On the first play of overtime, they went for a, f a corner fade, threw it deep into the back corner of the end zone. It was an incomplete pass. Now, all of a sudden, you've got second and ten, and Homestead feels like, hey, we can get a stop here. And uh, then they stuffed a Ur Uriah Buchanan run. It ended up bringing up a third down and long. Uh, you know, kind of a questionable call because... As uh, Kieran Billingsley took a sweep around the right edge, one of the Spartan defenders reached out, caught a little bit of Billingsley. Not a big grab, but got enough of that, that neck area from behind where he kind of buckled up the body of, uh, of Billingsley. And that threw off Billingsley's balance, and then he fell down. But it wasn't a... It wasn't a complete takedown, and it, it's kind of hard to explain. The officials threw the flag for a horse collar tackle, 
and then changed their mind and said no penalty. They waved the flag off, and Snyder then had to settle for a field goal. And on the ensuing possession, starting at the 10-yard line, it took Homestead two plays, a sweep around the left end and a uh, handoff up the middle to Brett Fox, who takes it in from five yards out. And the Homestead Spartans are winners, and the celebration begins at Dave Walter Stadium tonight. Uh, there might have been a little bit of a celebration in the stands over at Chambers Field, too, because Bishop Lewers, by virtue of Snyder's loss, Bishop Lewers got a win over Northside, and they are the last unbeaten remaining in the Summit Athletic Conference. And you look at their schedule ahead. They've got Dwanger next week. Then they've got Southside, then they've got Homestead. Three winnable games, but also you saw Southside with an impressive win over Concordia tonight, 35-6. to six. Uh, You know, you've got that Homestead game looming in Week 9 where the Spartans can be the ultimate spoiler. And, uh, I mean, of course, Lures, Dwenger, anything goes, rivalry game next week. Well, I have to let you know I have my homework ready to turn in for you oh, this That's afternoon. right. I gave you an assignment. When was the last time the Southside Archers scored 35 points in a football game? The Southside Archers thwarted the Fort Wayne Wayne Generals by a count of 46 to 35 on September 20th, 2019. So uh, basically it has been four years since Southside has scored 35 points in a football game. Let's go ahead and talk to the team that is now on top all alone in the SAC race. It is the coach of the Bishop Lewers Knights, Kyle Lindsay, who joins us here on the postgame show. And Kyle, your team just keeps amazing me with uh, with how you've turned this season around and how you continue to get the job done. Wasn't easy tonight at Northside. You really had to gut out a win, but you found it at the end the way, to come from behind, get that victory. Got to feel pretty good about what the guys accomplished out of Chambers Field. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, they, it was a it was a, the best week of practice that we've had all year. I think I said that a, a week ago. Uh, the, the team yeah. just. They're, they're gaining in confidence. They had to be brought down uh, to earth, you know, week one, week two, uh, in some regard. Uh, the, as, again, as a young team, they got to find ways to win, and uh, they've been doing that for, for a month now. And, you know, to see them uh, come out and play with the emotion um, that they did, uh, was it was just it was a fun night. It was a long night. Uh, but I'm just so proud of the, the mentality that this group of kids has. And they're, they're just growing every day as a – as a team and their uh, their friendships, their bonds, uh, you know. So I told them, you know, we still have a lot, a lot of season left. Um, but uh, enjoy the moment, enjoy the weekend, and we're going to get back to it because uh, we got a tough Dwyer team coming up. And uh, now the, the secret's out. You know, we're, we're a team to, to be reckoned with. Coach, when you look back on those first two weeks, and I wonder at the time how you felt about scheduling East Noble and New Haven, and now that you've gotten four weeks into the Summit Athletic Conference schedule and you've seen what this team has done to respond, uh, how much has your perception of those two games changed? Because it almost feels like nobody would have been happy being 0-2 with the way you got beaten those two games, but yet here you are four weeks later, and you almost feel like maybe that was the catapult to what you're able to accomplish now. Yes, uh, you know, the, the kids have been drilled that message. It's not really about, uh, it's just about how you respond to adversity. I mean, these are life lessons kids are learning, and some 
some individuals and some classes, some teams um, in different years figure it out. Some don't. Uh, I'm just really proud of the uh, the leadership that kids have taken on uh, in the locker room, uh, the practice field, in the weight room, in the film room, around the building. Um, and, you know, it's very similar to that 2020 start where the kids just kept uh, coming back and they wanted to they wanted to get after it. They wanted to get better as a team. And, um, yeah, in hindsight, um, yeah, I, th- I think those, those first two lumps that we took uh, have, have helped prepare us um, and helped uh, get us to this position we're in right now. What were the keys tonight? What stood out? Uh, first, penalties. Uh, North had a lot more penalties than we did. Uh, it was Things were pretty chippy um, early on, first half. I think things mellowed out a little bit. Uh, I think both teams were playing on a lot of emotion. Uh, there's been a, a bit of a rivalry maybe that's being built up the last few years. Um you know, kids felt uh, last year that, uh, quite frankly, that they were disrespected. Um, and, you know, the, the only way that you can, um, you know, you can overcome that and earn respect back is by going out there, playing hard, playing physical, playing fast. Um, and that's what we did tonight. Uh, you know, we caught some breaks our way for sure. Um, you know, we were up the whole game. And then Northside, uh, you know, uh, that fourth quarter, they had a, had a nice touchdown drive, took the lead for the first time, and then, uh, we responded. Geo had a nice return out to about the 50 yard line. Um, and the offense had a, a short field to work with. And Cohen McKenzie, uh, you know, I gotta give huge props to him. Uh, he threw his first couple interceptions of the year, um, tonight and, uh, he made some big time, big time plays, a big time fourth down throw, um, to extend the drive. And then on third and goal from what the six or seven yard line, um, he didn't like any of his, uh, any of his matchups. They had good coverage. So he just, Tucked and ran and found a way to punch in the end zone. So, well, it was a wild night. Yeah. yeah. To piece it all well, together. Uh, how long did it take? How, how long did it take after the game before you got word that Snyder had been knocked off and you were all alone in first place overall in the Summit Athletic Conference? Uh, just a couple minutes, tops. Uh, after shaking <laughs> hands with uh, and talking with some of their coaches, uh, yeah, I think my my. Aunt Martha, anybody around the Lures community probably knows my Aunt Martha. She's one of the loudest in the community. Uh, <laughs> uh, she came out and yelled, hey, well, what's the you guys are alone in first place. I, I, you know, I'm thinking, well, we just won our division. That's, I think that's what she means. I don't know. Um, and then I, it, it hit me when, uh, actually, I talked to my dad uh, just about a minute later. and He's like, yeah, Snyder lost, and you guys are the only undefeated team. Yeah. Right. Yep. Well, congratulations. That's a great, great spot uh, to be in, especially after that you. 0-2 start. Definitely. No, Definitely. go ahead, Kyle. I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, no, no. I interrupted you. I, I was just saying, you know, but, but uh, you know, the kids are going to uh, hopefully make good decisions this weekend. Uh, that's what we stress every week. But uh, we got we to get back to work. We have some improvement to do. We have some uh, scoring opportunities. Our defense really did play a whale of a game. Uh, they put the game away in the fourth quarter. Uh, and that, that's awesome. When you can come back, take a lead after having it all game, uh, just shows the resiliency, the grit of this team. And then on a fourth and two, we got, uh, two fourth and fourth down. Actually, we had, we had three fourth down stops, um, in that second half, I believe. Hmm. Um, and then to, to finish the game with our defense on the field, which has been, uh, pretty consistent all year, um, was, I think that was, uh, kind of a, a statement by them. Well, I'll let you go enjoy this one, and I'm sure you're already starting to look toward next week with a rivalry game awaiting. But congrats on the victory tonight at Northside. I appreciate it, Brett. Thanks for having me. 
Yep, that is Kyle Lindsay from Bishop Lures. We'll take a break. We'll come back and wrap it up here at the Coventry Pizza Hut. It's the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Just about ready to turn it over to Bob Lovell with Indiana Sports Talk up until midnight. He'll be on the other side here in about a minute. But a couple of big games tonight, and we want to make sure everybody gets the scores of the two biggest games of the night. Absolutely. Thank you, Brett. In our 1380 The Fan Game of the Week, it was Homestead getting the win over Snyder in overtime, 23-20. to And the Northeast 8 matchup that we were keeping our eyes on, New Haven gets the win over Columbia City, 21-7. to That does it for us. Another big night of high school football. Week 6 in the books. Podcasts by Federated Media.